Hey guys, and welcome to Roman Go Lightly, a podcast for creative adventures. Listen, you and I have a lot in common. Like you, I am a working person and I have real world responsibilities. But despite living that nine to five grind, I still want to live that adventurous creative lifestyle we all crave. So how can we do that? Well, that's why I'm here. Roman Go Lightly is a podcast and blog that believes in local adventure and everyday creativity. Because listen, adventure doesn't require a plane ticket and creativity is beckoning and it's for everyone, even us working people. Join me each week as I pick the brains of some of the coolest makers and seekers out there to find out in what small ways we can infuse their practices for inspiration and adventure into our daily working lives. You in? Let's do this. Hello. <laughs> it's Lara and it's Luke. We are excited because we're going to hash out our Iceland travels um, as we sit in our Airbnb in Amsterdam. We figured this would be a good time to rehash everything that we experienced in Eastland. Islanda. Islanda. Okay, so if you could summarize our Iceland experience in one word, what word would you choose? Choose it wisely. Let's do this. We'll say our word at the same time. We'll do one, two, three, okay? Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Playground. <laughs> okay, explain yours first. Um, well, I would say that I expected you to say playground. I think that the three words that we used the most were um, playground, stunning, and the F-bomb. <laughs> and I think that caps up. But no, I chose to do Stendhal for the Stendhal syndrome. And here I have some research. And uh, it comes to you from Wikipedia. <laughs> no of all things. But Stendhal short for Stendhal syndrome or Florence syndrome is a psychosomatic disorder that causes rapid heartbeat, dizziness, fainting, confusion, <laughs> and even hallucinations when an individual is exposed to an experience of great personal significance, particularly viewing art. The illness is named after the 19th century French author Stendhal, who describes the experience with the phenomenon during his 1817 visit to Florence in his book, Naples and Florence, A Journey from Milan to Reggio. So, the reason I brought this up is because it's something that Laura and I definitely experienced, except for not with art, but with just seeing the most epic types of sort of landscapes and waterfalls and things so much that you just kind of become overwhelmed and then that overwhelmness just turns into this sort of like numbness where like you're not even seeing what's in front of you because if you see one more like ridiculously cool mountainside you're just like not going to be able to handle it and you're going to crash your little camper van you know <laughs> into the ocean or something yeah it was like yeah we we mentioned that a little bit when we were just seeing waterfall after waterfall after mountain peak after epic ocean view just too much beauty yeah you got to be careful out there kids <laughs> well i chose playground because basically we did the we did the southern end of ring road um and then we ended up going northwest a little bit but we did, we <laughs> 
We uh, basically just followed one road, and on that one road, we could see, like, even from the road itself, you could just pull off on the road. Oh, and there's Skogafoss, the most epic waterfall, cascading water forever and ever. So it was a playground. We could just drive and stop and yeah, go see everything. It was basically like Iceland was our our dream world where we could just be in a little camper van and just pop off and pop back in and keep going. And what do we want to do now? And how far do we want to drive? It was so fun. This is an excellent segue into our next section, <laughs> which is called Biggest Surprise, which is what our biggest surprise was while we uh, were going around, because for me, it's exactly that playground feeling like the coolest thing or the biggest surprise to me about Iceland uh, was the accessibility of all of the awesome things. Maybe not all of the awesome things, but, but the accessibility to really famous awesome things like the Pinterest things of Iceland, <laughs> like and then also and... just any, like all of the, I don't know, the beauty of Iceland and the rugged landscapes of it are so accessible from Route 1, which is the main ring, ring road route that goes around. Like that was my biggest surprise because I feel like most other places that I've gone to where you ha are going to experience particularly like the sightseeing of nature a lot of times to see the sort of like wow vistas you have to you know like park your car get somewhere a hike for a while sometimes it's an overnight hike whatever like no like almost every single turn of right iceland was there was stunning and just like i was like i couldn't believe like we were in this huge debate about whether or not to bring boots <laughs> and, like, you could see everything from your car. I mean, obviously, we were glad to have our boots to do some of the longer hikes. But, like, really, if you just want to see beautiful Iceland, you could do it just from the ring road and not even have to get out of your car. Yeah. Like not have to. Anyway, so for you. I think the biggest surprise for me was, like, the uh, the midnight suns, the midnight sun thing. I mean, I always knew that, yeah, 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 it's, like, daylight almost all the time in Iceland in the summer, but it was truly, like, I, I don't even think we really saw a sunrise or a sunset besides our first drive at 3 a.m. to the airport on our last day. Every Everything was, it was, like, this very, like, afternoon light that just kept going on and on and on. And then, yeah, it just, it was really surprising to me that, it was so bright. I mean, I knew it was going to be coming. I knew it was going to be bright, but I had no idea how much light was going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It I also thought made it hard was, for sleeping. I thought there was going to be at least an hour of like of darkness. more or less darkness, like maybe light yeah. on one side of the horizon. But honestly, it never got past Twilight. sort of like, yeah, like sort of like sunset not even late sunset yeah like early sunset like it was golden hour and then it sort of became a little bit dark but then it became golden hour again within a couple minutes yeah cool so what was your favorite experience um my favorite experience in iceland was definitely our first morning there um because we got up in vic which was probably my favorite area like overall area like the area surrounding 
um, Vic. And anyways, we got up and went out to the Black Sand Beach there. And that was a really great experience because it was our first time actually getting to experience Iceland without anyone else around. Like up until that point, we had always been in places with other people in it. And because we were still jet lagged and stuff and we're getting up ridiculously early, like I think we naturally woke up at 5 a.m. that day hung around, showered, met this awesome dude named Gerard, who's <laughs> from Amsterdam, and, like, we had this whole thing, and then still went out, and we're still on the beach before anyone else for, like, 45 minutes, just walking around in this place that we'd both wanted to go to for a while, and that was a really rad, rad thing to, like, see, to finally break away from people, because, like, after that, we had many experiences where we did get to be alone with Iceland but that was the first one and it was pretty powerful not to mention Bix Beach was like eerie and kind of like looming and dark and it was it was really it was moody it had been sunny the day before and that's right. one of the two times where we had experienced one place very sunny and then the next morning woke up and it was overcast and like your typical gloomy and it picture. was like it was definitely always cool to see it in both ways yeah um, my favorite experience was climbing to the top of that island by Vic, which was, uh, at, at the Black Sand Beach in Vic, if you look to your right of the beach, there's this big, 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 like, island off in the distance connected by a sandbar, but you can't really get to the island by the sandbar because the, the hill's too, uh, steep. So, Luke was like, I want to get there. So... <laughs> On one of our last days with our car, we drove back to do that, and then we took this very long hike up the mountaintop to the lighthouse, and just like this crazy sweeping view of the Atlantic Ocean, and being on top of the mountain, and we had been living in the car for a couple days, and this was our last day of freedom, and I don't know, I think that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was definitely up there for me, too. But I do agree, the first day was pretty magical. First day in the car. Because that drive was epic. Felt like we saw a ton of different landscapes that day. Yeah. From Black Sand Beach to the Glacier Lagoon. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that day was insane because we got up, Vic did the Black Sand Beach, drove down through all this like really like alien landscape, like crazy moss. Like we got to see glaciers. We saw these like weird like dune structures all different kinds of stuff and then we got to a glacier beach where there was a lagoon with glaciers in it and another black sand beach where there's like little icebergs rolled up <laughs> onto it and then from there we drove all the way back through Vic and stayed at Skagafoss that that night the craziest waterfall so it was like probably our most full day of seeing yeah. amazing things that was awesome okay so one thing you overpacked <laughs> um say it yeah probably my headlamp <laughs> which i was like so dead set on bringing because anyways i think it's an essential to packing but i didn't uh, i really didn't need it because it was light here all the time uh yeah i used it one night to read in the van <laughs> but it was already light yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, if you're coming in the middle of summer, you don't need a headlamp because it's light enough to see 24 hours a day. 
but I can't wait until Laura and I actually go hiking in a real place <laughs> and she doesn't have a headlamp and then we'll see who's I, laughing. I think headlamps are important if you're going <clears> actually <throat> camping, but we weren't actually going camping in a place where it got dark, which I told you. Whatever. Don't say I told you so, but at the same time. <laughs> um... I, instead of saying overpacked, I think I underpacked, like, a layer of clothing. Like, I wish I would have just would have brought one sweater. You know what I mean? Or, like, a hoodie. I was just, like, a teensy bit colder than I thought it was going to be, especially in the mornings. Oh, my God. Iceland was definitely colder than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I know. Especially for staying in the van, too. Like, we... Yeah. 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 Uh, what was our best meal? Uh, I think my favorite meal was the lobster soup. Oh my gosh. At the lobster house, like that, and then they take skewers of, like, freshly caught fish and fold these fat hunks of fish over and grill them, and it's, so it's, like, pretty healthy because nothing's fried or anything, it's just fish that's been grilled, but grilled really well with this soup that's just oh had God, these so big good. delicious piece of lobster and that was pretty that was pretty legit yeah i'd say the same thing but i'd also add soup bowls yeah we got these like bread bowls in this random tavern in Reykjavik. they literally only serve beer and soup but this two soups they had bowls. yeah and yeah. these amazing like thick bread bowls that were delicious and I've had Panera bread bowls. I've had bread bowls, all sorts of different restaurants, but this was delicious. It was like stick to your insides, to make you so warm. It was so good. Yeah, it helped that it was after the Iceland football game too, and we yeah. had already like had whiskey and <laughs> then went and had Guinness there, and it was cold out, and so like it was pretty perfect to get to just sit there and have beer and then have these ridiculous bread bowl soup bowls. Delicious. Okay. Um, let's do, (laughs) what are some weird quirks that you think Icelanders have or Iceland people have that you didn't know? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Any, like, need-to-know advice people need to know before they go to Iceland? Okay. Yeah, there's some... There's definitely... I mean, I feel like there's a lot you learn going. I think the most important thing would be... I would not recommend camping to people <laughs> in Iceland unless you're, like, a... Unless you're, like, a... True outdoorsy a, a, person. Unless you're a seasoned winter weather camper i mean i've done a lot of that in pennsylvania before but i don't anymore because i hate sleeping in the cold (laughs) and like i can't even tell you like i was so glad to have the the camper van because it helps block out the wind so much like i would definitely recommend trying we went through cuckoo campers there's all there's like there's a ton of different like five different companies on Iceland that do it I know that Happy Camper is another one I think Go Camper Go Camper anyways Cuckoo Camper was fine they all seem like about the same quality I don't know you just have to check it out for yourself we had to get an automatic that's another thing almost everyone yeah. drives a stick here but we yes, don't indeed. Um, but I would definitely recommend if you want to like I think a camper van's the way to go 
That's what yeah, I would say. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd totally agree with that. I mean, unless if you're someone who really likes the outdoors, you want to go super cheap. That's another thing. Camping's, camping does have a price attached to it for most campsites, yeah. uh, which we... Which is about like 10 yeah. to $15 a person. Yeah, but you are technically allowed to park like anywhere yeah, the outside good thing of about Reykjavik. The, the good thing about the camper van is that you can park outside of the campsites and just like run in and use the bathrooms if you want or you can roll into the campsites late yeah. and leave early if you want or you can pay to stay there but the problem with not doing the campsites at all is that, is that you, you don't have access to bathrooms or running water or anything like that which honestly like you can make do it just depends on how yeah. you want to live you know but the camper van's mainly great because you don't have to tear down your you don't have to tear down your camp every day you have your rental car provided with it and uh it helps to keep you warm at night it blocks the wind like it's windy there almost all the time it's cold there in june like yeah it gets cold at night but at the same time there's really no other way to do it like i think coordinating Airbnbs around Iceland might be something you could do with just a rental car, but you'd really have to. You have to choose wisely. It's and almost I think, like something you do on a second trip because the first yeah. time you're just not going to know enough, but it, to really do that, I think that I'm glad we went with a camper van for our first time there. Yeah, definitely. It just gave us more freedom. I think. Okay, and last, uh, what piece of advice would you give someone who's giving who's coming to Iceland? I thought we just did that. No, that was like our weird quirks or something that like, oh, I guess that's the same. I don't know. Mm, another piece of advice <clears throat> besides going with the camper just van. Like, okay, another advice piece would easily be um, definitely watch your mileage if you go with the camper van. Because the thing is, Whoops. we didn't want to do the whole ring road in five days because we, we thought we like... Rushed. Yeah, we're like, we like to travel slow. We like to take our time and like spend places, like not just be on the go. That's usually us. Like we are definitely slow travelers. That's how we like to travel. We like to have time to make art and study languages and just like have good meals, blah, blah, blah. Right. So we got 300 kilometers a day, which gave us a total of 1500 kilometers. The ring road is 1400. We ended up going 2100. Just Whoops. like hopping around places, and we did not go all the way around we, the ring yeah. road. We like backtracked on ourselves a lot, and honestly, we could have gone around the whole thing more so in five days. So, what I would say is, could you do the ring road in five days? Most people don't recommend it because you will have to kind of drive a lot. But honestly, we stopped as much as we wanted to. We took as much time as we wanted to, and we went. 700 kilometers more almost the times and a half the length of the ring road like you could do it in five days would six or seven maybe be better yeah but like you don't need more than that to go all the way around and to be able to stop and see a lot of things yeah so as far as timing goes that and then when you're doing it make sure you like cuckoo hooked us up and just let us buy them a bottle of Uh, fireball instead of paying back the fee which was really nice so yeah that's cool shout out to them for being legit on that front yeah and my piece of advice is that eating eating at restaurants and going out for drinks is expensive but buying at the grocery store is very cost effective 
we basically snacked on gas station food and had hot dogs and uh, cracked cheese pep. And that's crackers, cheese, and pepperoni, just to explain what that is. And uh, we may do just fine for our five days in a car. I mean, we were really excited to have, like, sit-down meals every now and then. But if you really want to be cost-effective, just go to, like, their um, their bonus in Kro- uh, Kro- Kroger? Cronin? Cronin. Cronin yeah. shops, because that's the place you're going to find your cheap food. And, yeah, it's it's expensive to eat out. I think also, like, I would definitely recommend giving yourself at least two days to spend in Reykjavik because yeah, you get to see... I mean, unless you live out on the frontier, wherever you're from, like, I think it's almost like more relatable to us to see how the Icelanders lived in Reykjavik because it's more like where we're from. And you get to see more of the way that their culture has like sort of become like or or is um, in like, I don't know, just like a more familiar setting because it's a small city. And also it's not like you won't get to see mountains from Reykjavik. Like, yeah, right. Like that little lake that was right across from our place was basically like, well, the port. Yeah. The harbor is just like right across the harbor is like Iceland. So it's mountains and volcanoes and you can see it from Reykjavik. It's like a five minute walk from the center to go see that. So yeah, I think I think spending a little time in Reykjavik is definitely worthwhile, and that's where all the best restaurants are too. Yeah, and I also say bring a notebook because, like, Iceland just like sort of I don't know. Iceland to me just like requires some introspection, introspective moments when you're in nature, so you can write stuff down. Also, it's just the stuff of fairy tales, so it's just, it's really good to document, like, everything you're thinking and where your imagination is going. And bring a camera, of course. All right, well, that basically summarizes everything from Iceland. If you want to check out what um, we've seen and what we've done in detail, you can definitely go on our Instagram at RomanGoLightly, and our Snap stories are unfortunately not on there anymore, but... You can follow along what we're doing here in Amsterdam now and in Italy in a couple uh, couple days. Um, and that is at Rome underscore go lightly. And we'll see you on the road. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.